In this episode of Call to Marriage, I talk with Lindsay from the Married to Military podcast about identity and marriage, not losing yourself, letting go of resentment, and we talk about so much more, you guys. What an awesome, awesome episode to close out our Military Marriage Bootcamp series. You are not going to want to miss it, so enjoy. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to Call to Marriage. We have been in this marriage bootcamp series, and we are actually closing it out to move into a brand new series. So stay on the lookout for that because it's going to be a ton of fun. But I feel like it wouldn't be a complete marriage series without talking about identity and marriage and yourself and marriage. And so to do that, I have brought on a guest, Lindsay. Lindsay, if you want to introduce yourself, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. So first off, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. And for everyone, hi, I'm Dr. Lindsay Cavanaugh. I have a PhD in psychology and I am a military marriage coach. Um, my husband and I have been together for 13 years and we've been married for eight. Um, he's in the Navy and we have just done so many moves, so many deployments. And we have a three-year-old daughter and a cat that we adopted when we were stationed in Hawaii. I love that. So I would like to kick it off. And I love this question because it's just so cool to see how everyone sort of found their person. So I'd love to know what's your marriage story? Yeah, I love that question too. So ours actually started really interesting. Um, We are both from the same hometown, which is really nice now, but we went to different schools. We weren't friends. Um, He did end up dating one of my best friends in high school for a few months. And so as the standard like high school friend, I was, I, they broke up and I hated him. Right. I thought he treated my (laughs) friend bad. Like, um, I wanted nothing to do with him. And it was eight years after I had graduated high school, we were back for Christmas and my friend stayed really good friends with him. So she invited him where we were all going. Um, and I owed my friend a drink she owed him a drink so I ended up having to buy him a drink and it was like the first conversation that we ever had and we hit it off and um, we've been together ever since so it went from hate to love really quickly (laughs) I love that it's a high school story for the ages I hate you (laughs) well and it was really funny too because he was in his very first command. Mm. And I remember I was in graduate school and I said to him, you know what? I don't think I have like the emotional capacity to be in this relationship. If you deploy, like that's just like too much for Mm -hmm. where I am right now. And he called me the next day and was like, I leave for Iraq in two days. And it was sort of like, 
whoa. <laughs> so I, I really, I actually cried the whole day and I realized I actually like this guy a lot more than I knew or, mm-hmm. or wanted to admit to, um, myself. So we, I, I, I didn't go anywhere. I stuck with him through that deployment and five deployments later, here we are. I, can totally appreciate that. I don't think I have the emotional capacity for it. Cause it's, it's weird when you get in, especially with a military member or relationship with a military member, I think you have to be so front and forward with those admissions in the beginning, because it is, it's, it's a really weird and tough relationship to get into for sure. And it's hard to know. I didn't grow up in military Mm. or around military. So I didn't really know much of anything about it. And, um, and I don't know if he, you know, I think even though you sign up, I think even you don't always fully know what that means. Um, so in some ways, you know, we just really figured it out and, and navigated it together and, and sort of made it work for us. Yeah, definitely. And so talking with the idea of, marriage and and getting involved in marriage. I think a lot of times when you jump into marriage, you jump, you know, all in full forward, it becomes almost your identity of you are this married person, you're a husband, you're a wife. And I think as we get into a marriage, it's really easy to put all of that focus and all of that energy on the we and kind of lose Mm -hmm. that, that me aspect of it, which to an extent is okay, I think, but I think there's also something to be said about losing who you are and losing yourself within a relationship. And so why do you think it's so easy to lose ourselves in these relationships that we invest in? Yeah, I think that in the beginning, it makes a lot of sense because relationships in that really early stage feel so good, right? We Mm -hmm. get all of those really lovely endorphins that give us this kind of high and it just feels great. And so of course it makes sense that we want more of that. And so we just sort of, you know, get hyper-focused on the relationship and lean on in, um, that fades. It just, it definitely can't last. It goes away. But I think after that, especially in a military marriage, I think one way it's, it's easy to get lost is that the military comes first. It Mm -hmm. always comes first. And so I never get to choose where we live, you know, based on, so that might be better for my career and we have to move constantly and we, you know, we don't have any say over anything. And so I think it gets really easy to not only lose ourselves to the marriage, but also like lose ourselves to the military in some ways. Um, and I also really like to differentiate between, I think there's a difference between like a team and having a team mindset and kind of completely giving up on myself because I can still have my own values and my own desires and goals and all of those things that are so important for us as individuals. And I can be a teammate with my partner. So I think that the, the lost that you're really talking about, it comes from I, I don't have any of my own stuff and I'm now only into, you know, what is going on with my partner. And that's 
um, when we don't feel good, when we lose right. all of our own goals, dreams, all of that stuff. I think too, that's when those little seeds of resentment start to get planted too, because you do have to focus so much on the other and not yourself, especially I, like you said, in the military, it's very much so front and center in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I kind of sometimes feel too that, you know, I'm married to my husband, but I'm also married to the military and that it comes first. A lot of times, like you said, you're moving their new jobs, their new rotations, their new commands. And it does take a lot of that time. And so when we're investing in these relationships, because as you said before, that honeymoon phase is, it doesn't last forever, right? It, it really mm-hmm. kind of stays um, just for a little while and then you grow and it, it develops into something deeper and, and something more. But when you're investing yeah. into a relationship and you're investing yourself into a relationship, I'd love to know your perspective on how do you then take a step back and invest in yourself and remind yourself that while you are a team and you are a team member, a team is only good as the, the weakest player. And so if you're not investing in yourself, mm-hmm. if you're not growing yourself, that, that team is going to struggle a bit. I think, at least in my experience, I feel like mm-hmm. you, if you're not investing in yourself, if you're not growing in yourself, you're putting a lot of that weight on your partner to do it for the both of you. Absolutely. I, I actually always say that really investing in ourselves is ultimately going to invest into the relationship. And it doesn't always work the other way around. Like I can invest into my relationship, but that doesn't always have a trickle. So I actually have, when I'm working with clients, what I really focus on, even with myself is focus on investing in yourself, focus on making you the best version, the happiest, the, all of those things, because all of that then trickles down into your marriage, right? If I'm feeling happy and confident and motivated and driven, I'm better at everything. I'm a better spouse. I'm a better parent. I'm a better friend. I'm a better, because I have sort of that solid foundation in me, So I think that so often we focus on, you know, all of these other things, even like investing in our friendships, investing Mm -hmm. in our marriage, investing in our, you know, children. And and really, I think the best results that we're going to see is when we start with us. But it's hard. And I think military life creates so many barriers um, that oftentimes it's kind of the first thing to go, right? When my my husband's gone right now and I'm, you know, I'm doing everything, I'm in charge of everything. Um, and so it's it's really it's harder for me to really prioritize and put into myself, but because I know how important it is. It's something that I now prioritize. Um, but I, I understand how easy it is to kind of fall off for people. Yeah. I I feel like too, relationship burnout is a real thing where if you are investing constantly into something else besides yourself, you're, you're going to get exhausted. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get run down. And then I think that is when you can kind of start entering some trouble waters um, in terms of, again, those seeds of resentment or the bitterness or just plain, I can't give any, I've given everything. I can't give anything more. Um, yeah. so I'd like to know kind of what your thoughts are about 
ways that you can invest in yourself and ways, because I think when people hear that, the first thing they think of is, oh, I, I just need to go to therapy and therapy is great. I love therapy, but I think there are even, there are other ways to invest in, in yourself as well, because I know some people aren't hundred percent on board with therapy, which is, mm-hmm. is fine. I, again, am a huge <laughs> advocate for it because it helped me a lot, but what are some ways that people can be investing in themselves? I think it's a, it's a cliche term. And so people sort of generalize it, but I think there are some really easy ways to, to do that. Absolutely. They are super easy. And here's the thing is I feel like at some point in our society, taking care of ourselves became like taboo where it's like not okay to talk about. It's very self-indulgent. You're, you know, you're just selfish. Yeah. It's, it became very icky when Mm -hmm. honestly it's so very necessary. So I think the first thing that I usually say is really taking a look at how you feel Mm -hmm. about caring for yourself. Cause I will talk to people about like self-love and, you know, caring about themselves and they almost like cringe, Mm -hmm. right? It's almost just this really awkward, uncomfortable thing. And so knowing that about yourself, I mean, again, I'm not making that wrong because that's just how we as humans have been sort of indoctrinated, but like recognizing that that is there and might be getting in the way um, is kind of step one. Um, The another thing that I do is like schedule it, like recognize Mm -hmm. what are those little things that make you feel good. And I go a step further and I have really anyone that I work with, like, what are you going to do to take care of yourself today? What are you going to do to take care of yourself this week? What are you going to do to take care of yourself this month? Because those might all be different. Like I, you know, I love facials, but I can't afford to get a facial every single day. So while that is taking care of me, I need something that is also going to be sort of a daily practice. So that for me might be, you know, really focusing on my gratitude, really using my affirmations, um, really eating foods that are going to like nourish my body and make me feel good. Um, maybe, you know, my weekly things may be getting together with friends. It could be going out to dinner. It could be so right with it. These are going to be the things that can't necessarily happen every day, but that need to be more regular than maybe like once a month. Mm -hmm. And then the monthly thing, those are going to be a little bit more of the splurgy thing. So maybe that is when I get a facial, maybe it's, um, I don't know, scheduling some like like a babysitter or doing a date night or or really scheduling something that's for us. And then you can even have the bigger ones, right? Like a year one of vacation or whatever it is that that feels really good. Um, But I usually say schedule it, like actually put it in your calendar, particularly if this isn't something that you're used to doing and um, keep it like an appointment. You wouldn't just like not show up to an appointment. Mm -hmm. And so make it that important. And if you do have to reschedule it, like do it, actually reschedule and then actually follow through. Um, That's kind of the biggest. And and again, you don't need therapy is fantastic. Um, I obviously was a therapist for a long time. I'm a coach now, but like, these are little things that you can do with, without that. And I find really 
when you need a therapist is when you're finding you can't do, you know, you're having trouble, like getting all of these little things going. Um, the other thing about investing in ourselves is thinking about like what actually makes us happy. What Mm -hmm. actually, like you were talking about, like, if we're only focused in on someone else and how that can lead to burnout. And I think the biggest reason is other people's goals and other people's dreams are not motivating for us. Like I'm really proud of my husband's military career and, and what he does to serve our country, but that wasn't my dream. And that wasn't my goal. So while I can be really proud and happy for what he's doing, that doesn't motivate me to like, you know, be a better person or to, to, to feel a certain way. So I think that knowing that, that that's okay, that, that it doesn't make me wrong because I don't buy into his dream, but, you know, so I also think really figuring out what it is that you want to do. And honestly, a lot of times for us in the military, it means getting really creative. You know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to open my own business, but I don't live anywhere long enough to do that. So now I'm trying to do an online thing, right? Like, so I just think that there's always ways to manage it. It just, it might not look exactly the way you want it to. Um, I got here, we are stationed in Portugal and I got here and they're like, you're not allowed to work. And I got super resentful, like what you were saying, because anything that was just mine and my identity got taken away in like one foul swoop. And it really, um, we had to do a lot of work. I I had to do a lot of work to manage my resentment. And mm-hmm. my husband, and I had to do a lot of talking about because he was feeling guilty. And, you know, yeah. then COVID happened. And so I, I say this because, I, you know, I, I, I get it. And, and just because I had that and we figured it out doesn't mean it will never happen to me again. But I can always come back to these things that I said that will keep me moving on my own path. Yeah. And like you said, too, I think when those motivations and those things are, are sort of stripped from us, it's so easy to take it personally against mm-hmm. the, the person we feel is inflicting it, even if that's not the case. And so I love that you touched oh. on it. And it is it is work to to get through and, and get the get past those things. Um, well, and I want to touch on that because that's a good one, too, because I think it gets easy when we're feeling resentful to blame our spouse. Yes. <laughs> and they're not it's not necessarily their choice to do that. And I, and that's, you can go down a really slippery slope. Mm -hmm. So I think when my husband and I talk about it, we really are careful to not like blame each other, but more just like I'm venting to you about the situation that we're in versus like you made this decision. Um, Cause obviously he wants me to be happy and have what I want to. And so I think talking about it in that way um, feels better for both people, but yet you're still able to like vent it out and talk about it. Yeah. I feel like that's been one of the themes for the marriage series is one communicating when you're frustrated instead of holding on to it. And two, releasing resentment that you might be holding because of the situation, not necessarily because of your person. And I think it's really easy to associate one with the other, even if that's not the case. So I like that you touched on that as well, because I know personally, I am also 
dealing, I deal and struggle with that of, of being, well, we're in this situation, but my situation is not my husband, right? It's not my person. It's the situation mm. they're, they're separated. So definitely can understand that. So I'd love now that we've talked about all of these things, I love to ask this question to every person that I've interviewed, because I think it is one, some of the answers are really funny. I think one person said, <laughs> run, run far away, but um, I think it's, it's really interesting to see the different perspectives and the different advice that people would give. And so if you could go back to the day that you became a military spouse, you know, you're about to walk down the aisle and say, I do, or whatever it was, what is a piece of advice that you would give younger, more naive you? Yeah, I think it's funny because (laughs) some days, you know, it's going to be different than others. I think overall, what I would tell myself is like, you are going to have an amazing experience. You are going to meet so many people, you're going to live in so many different places, you're going to learn so much about yourself, you're going to learn like what you can do and how strong you are. Um, And there's going to be highs and there's going to be lows, but you're going to get through all of them. I think just sort of setting myself up that you know, it's, you you can do it. It's, it's, it's beautiful and hard and, and all of the things. And I think that's what makes it so great. I love that. I think that's really, really good (laughs) advice. It's a very positive (laughs) piece of advice, which I can appreciate. Um, But Lindsay, I just want to, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking through these things and offering some really sound, again, like scheduling the time for yourself, letting go of that resentment, all of those things. It's been so fantastic. And so I'd love for you to take this time just to tell my listeners where they can find you, what you have going on, all of that stuff. Absolutely. Um, So A couple of things. First, I also have a weekly podcast called Married to Military. Um, In it, I use my background as a psychologist to talk about just healthy ways we can get through this crazy lifestyle that we have. Um, And in terms of the marriage coaching this month, I am offering free military marriage assessment calls. And so this is where we really identify what is going on in your marriage and you leave with a very specific step or steps that you can take to improve or save your marriage. So even if you don't feel like you want to commit to anything, I still recommend people get on that call. I just love chatting with other military spouses and seeing what we can do to just make all of our marriages better. So yeah, that's what I have going on right now. And I will link all of Lindsay's information in the um, Instagram post for the podcast. So keep an eye out for that if you're interested in those coaching calls. Um, But again, thank you so much for coming on the show and being a guest. And thank you to the listeners for joining us on this crazy roller coaster ride that is military spouse life. If you are brand new, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. If you have questions or if you are going through a deployment and you need support or a PCS and you need some sanity, you are more than welcome to email the podcast. It's ask.ctmpodcast at gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram at call to marriage. I love hearing your stories. I have a couple of you that give me deployment updates and it just makes me so happy to see that you guys are thriving. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to leave a review and rate the podcast. It helps us so much. 
But again, this is our closeout to the military marriage boot camp series. Our next series is going to be a little bit of a satirical series. So you'll have to keep an eye out for information on that. But I will talk to you all again so soon. Bye.